This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen, amen. I'm going to bring to a conclusion here. I keep getting stuff on this series, but I'm going to kind of bring it to a conclusion here today. We've been talking about facing the storms of life, facing the storms of life. And uh, this is the sixth week, and we kind of started a part one last week on kind of the outcomes of storms. And we said this, we said that storms, when they happen, don't typically produce peaceful, happy things. They don't, they don't, when they come into a community of storm, it's destruction. I mean, storms, if I could say this way, come to kill, to steal, and destroy. Isn't that right? A storm, I mean, things about difficulty and affliction in our life, storms are not good things. But God has an outcome of a storm in our life. He has a purpose. He has a destination. Can I get an amen? And uh, we talk about the fiery furnace uh, last week, Daniel, we're going to go. We're going to go back to that here. But I just want to read this text because this is kind of going to be the conclusion of my message in First Peter one six through eight. It says, "You are extremely happy." Somebody shout, "Happy!" happy. Yeah, right, Pastor Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy about these things, even though now you have to suffer different kinds of trouble for someone say a little while. See, suffering is not something that God has for us every day of our life. Listen, leave the world. Leave all the drugs, the alcohol, all the sin, all the partying, all the fun, and become a Christian and become gloomy. Become sad. Become depressed, I mean. And, and we want you to join us, too. I don't know anybody that wants to be a part of that. Can I get an Amen. There should be something different that marks us. And so even though we go through storms, you say, I, I, before I knew the Lord, I didn't have half the trouble that I have now. That's okay. God brings you, but we go through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't park there. We don't camp there. And I'm going to talk to you here in a bit how the enemy's goal is through God's provision of taking us through the storm. We should be joyful. And, and there should be something there greater than the smoke of the storm. He says this, he says, For a little while now, the purpose of these troubles is to test your faith, as fire tests the genuine, uh, how, uh, uh, the, the purpose of these troubles, excuse me, is to test your faith. Is we, can we bring that in a different, because I can't see right now. At 54, uh, my eyes are just like, I mean, I can read it here. I have a bigger text here. To test your faith as fire tests how genuine gold is. Your faith is more precious than gold, and by passing the test, it gives praise, glory, and honor to God. This will happen when Jesus Christ appears again. Though you have never seen him, Christ, you love him. Isn't that right? I've never seen the Lord. I've had encounters when I felt tremendous impression of his spirit and his presence, and we can experience his presence, but I've never seen the Lord. But you love him. You don't see him now, but you believe in him. Amen. You're extremely happy with joy and praise. That's the point I want to focus on here in a bit. That can hardly be expressed in words. And so, so we said this last week that God's desire and purpose for us all 
through the storms of life, the trials, the tribulations, is that, that there's an outcome. There's a destination that God has. And so we know the scripture says what the enemy means for evil for our life. For the believer, God can turn it. How I many know oh, God's the only one who can turn it around? He's the only one. What the enemy means for evil for someone in the world, that's just tough luck. It's going to be ugly. But for the Christian, we have a hope. Amen? A hope. And we said this, that, and based upon our text in, in uh, Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were thrown, King Nebuchadnezzar, he, you know, I don't get all to, into all of it, but he was, they wouldn't bow down to the idol that he had, and so they said, we're not going to, they were respectful to him, so he stoked the furnace seven times hotter, and it said that he bound them with these cords, and he tied them with their turbans, and he threw them in it. And the first thing we found out what happened in this trial, in this fiery trial for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the first thing was that the soldiers, it said they took the strongest of his soldiers and they threw them in, that the flames consumed them and they were killed. So we can see a spiritual picture here that this, the enemy, what he means for evil for your life, will be destroyed. I say he will be defeated. You can trust God in that and say, you know what, I'm really going through it. You just got some good news. The devil, what he meant for evil for you is going to turn around for good. No matter how much he has attacked you, his strongest cohorts, they will be burned up. They will be leveled. And you will come through that free in Jesus' name. Amen? The second thing we talked about was the loosening of bonds. It said that they tied them and they bound them. I used the illustration with a, a rope here last week and how, how many of these things that we get comfortable with our bonds and we get comfortable with our addictions. We get comfortable and, 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 we, and the enemy just tells us this is the way it's always going to be. This is the way it's all. I'm never going to get free from that alcohol. Just ne I'm just never going to get free from uh, those drugs or, or, or that addiction or whatever it means that, that, that you battle in your life and for the love of money or whatever it is, I'm never going to be free. And God says, no, in the storm, in the fire, the, one of the things the Bible says that they were loosed from their bonds. In other words, what bound them was loosed in the fire. And so we see that there's a, a loosening. And you say, I'm in the midst of the fire. I'm in the midst of the storm. I'm going to this trial. You have bad news about a, 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 an, an ailment about your body or a sickness or a disease or a potential for, for you, your, your, your life, your spouse, or your kids, or something that. And you can think, oh God, I'm in the midst of this storm. Well, one of the things we see is God promises us there will be a loosening. And so when you go through that fire, when you go through that trouble, you can trust that God is at work in your life. Can I get an amen? You can trust that. We said this in Luke 13, 16, and I just claim that here today for the church. Luke 13, 16. I don't know why this isn't skipping ahead, but maybe you can help me with that. Luke 13, 16. Satan has bound this woman, Jesus said, a daughter of Abraham, for 18 years. And then he says this. Shouldn't she be untied from this bondage? What day does it say? Today's a Sabbath day. Isn't this a great day to be set free? It's a great day. It's a great day to receive a miracle. It's the day that we come to worship God. It's the day that Jesus is anticipating. He's here for every single one to do something in our life. Amen. Amen. What else happened in the fire? What else happened in the fire? We see a closer fellowship with the Lord. Is that what do you mean, pastor? Well, the fire, when they were thrown in, the Bible says that these three men that were thrown in supernaturally, it was a miracle. This doesn't happen. <laughs> fire burns, okay? And there are many believers that were burned at the stake and martyred for Christ. And so, so this was a supernatural intervention, and God showed up. 
It was a miracle. But here's the thing. In, that, in those flames, in that fire, in that furnace, we see in the midst of the storm, God is there. God showed up. I mean, even heathen King Nebuchadnezzar knew that he calls it the sons of the gods, but actually it's Christ. Jesus, how many of you know Jesus always was and always will be? Okay, he was from the beginning to the end. The Colossians says he was the creator of all things. And so Jesus shows up in that fire. Just think about that. You're in the fire and Jesus wasn't there in proximity when they were not in the fire. But when they were thrown in it, he was right there with them. You need to be encouraged, my brothers and sisters, that when you're going through the trial, when you're going through the storm, Christ is with you. He's in there. And that's one of the things that people, especially when it comes to abuse, that they just think, where was God in that? He's there. He was there. He was there. He was in it. Closer fellowship with the Lord. Coming to a greater knowledge. Greater knowledge. You know, Job said this in Job 42, verses 4 to 6. He says, I once lived by the rumors of you. This is towards the end of all of his suffering when God starts questioning him. He goes, I want to live by the rumors of you. Now I experienced you firsthand. Then he cries out, forgive me, Lord. I thought I knew you, but until I went through the furnace and went, until I went through the affliction, now I know you. I know you. And, and, and I, I thought I knew you, but I didn't. And, and that's just like it when we go through storms, when we go through difficulties. You know, some of the most difficult times in my life personally, have uh, been the times where Christ has shown up the most. We had a, a dear sister that uh, was part of the church uh, uh, back in 2005, and she helped start it. And uh, she was, uh, her, her name was Janine, Janine Schauble. And, and uh, we prayed, and we fasted, and we, we did everything we knew. And she moved to heaven. And, and I really felt at that time, and some of you were part of that, that, that I really felt that I was going to get up that next Sunday and I was going to announce that church is over. It's, uh, we failed. I mean, we, you know, I really, I felt so much like a failure. I felt it was at the end of my rope, and I just felt it was impossible that this church could not move forward. It just was my thinking. Some of you think, why? But it's just, we didn't, we didn't have the breakthrough we wanted. How, how many with me? I'm just sharing my heart. And the truth of the matter is, this surge of strength came over my life. I actually preached a series. It's only on cassette now, so probably you won't be able. But I preached a series about how, you know, that, that, that uh, faith, how God, you know, will carry us through the storms of life and that how faith mounted up. And there was something that came upon me spiritually that I just was hoping the Lord said, oh, we're not, we're not ending. We're just beginning. We're just beginning, and, and she's okay. She's fine. She's rejoicing with me. You know, you just keep moving forward, and, 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 and I'm so glad I didn't quit then. Amen? <laughs> so, but, but it's the same for our lives in each and every one of us. Isn't that right? That, that we go through storms and areas, and we just think, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where are you? And so he says this, uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, he said, uh, you know, who, you know, there's one like the sons of God and we know it's Christ. Well, you know, we see that the fire at times is justified. Isaiah 43, 2 says this, when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. It's actually a reference to what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But it actually is a spiritual component. It actually means that spiritually, he's saying that when you walk through the fire, the troubles, the affliction, that spiritual uh, 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 difficulty that you're going through in your life, we can expect a close closer relationship and fellowship with the God if we allow that. Amen? Amen. 
<clears throat> Next thing, what else can we expect? And this one is a big thing. I'm kind of end with this here. There was no smell of fire. The Bible says in Daniel chapter three, verse 27, it says that when they came out of the fire, there was not even the smell of fire upon them. I believe this is a prophetic word for you and I here today in, 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 in our hearts, even as this morning. But those of you who have come here this morning, I, I'm receiving it for my own life. But <clears throat> we can receive greater knowledge. We can be loosed from bonds. We can see the destruction of the enemy. But it says to get out of that fire without even having the smell of fire. How many have ever burnt popcorn in the microwave? Come on now. And then and what happens to you? Like, you forget it. You know what I mean? That stink is everywhere, right? You can't, you can open the window. You can play Windex. Windex, actually, God created Windex. I'm just telling you. Windex, you know, <laughs> Windex is in heaven. And <clears throat> you can't get it out. Like, sometimes we'd have bonfires, and I just think, okay, if I get upwind to it, whatever, then I don't have to shower after I'm done, you know, and leave all that smoke in bed. But no matter what, you just like that match, you're going to get smoke on you. Isn't that right? And, and, but it says they didn't have the smell of fire. I thought about what does that mean? What does that mean? Not even having the smell. You know, if the devil cannot stop us from getting out and he can't consume us in the fire, watch this, the next trap that he leaves is the marks of the smell upon our life for a season or for some of us for the rest of our lives that people begin to associate us with that trial, with that tribulation for the rest of our life. That woman I married, she did me wrong. Every time you meet him, that husband, he was such a jerk. You know, he was this, that boss, they mistreated me. You know, that company, they took so much money. You know what? I lost my house. I this, I that. And then every time you meet them, the smoke comes up. Oh, I, that was a good time to shout. Amen, pastor. You're right. You're preaching it. It's the smoke. And many of us, we still have, we carry the smoke, the smell of fire. And Jesus is here to set us free from that, to blow that out of here, to blow that off of our life, to bring a Holy Ghost Windex, if I can say that. Amen. To clean us from that. Because I want that off. You know, I can't tell you how many times I have agonized over 18 years, well, it's been 25 years in ministry, 18 years in this church, at night tossing and turning, one, two, three, four a.m., about church-related issues. Oh, this person left that, and they, they were heard about this, or, or this circumstance, or that, and just trying to agonize it, and then carry the smoke of it. But how's it going, Pastor? Oh, oh, it's smoke. Smoke, maybe it's bad marriage situation, relationship, fallout with family or friend or something. And <clears throat> the, see, here's the thing. When we do this, watch this. The reason the devil wants you to still have smoke, if I could say it that way, because it draws attention to us, not the Lord. That's what it's doing. It's drawing attention to us. And, and, and we see God is hidden. Because, see, he has a plan and a purpose. These guys had all these things that happened to them. Miraculously, they were delivered. It's a spiritual prophetic picture for you and I today through trials, through storms. This is what God's intention is, not to leave you destroyed. Oh, you know what? How's your life? It's total destruction. This happened, that happened, everything, and just a mess. Where's God in all this? God has a destination. He has a destination. And it says, no smell of fire. That it seems, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. 
So when we have a smell of burning about us, it means that the suffering and the trial we've been through, that, that overshadows God's purpose, his glory for our life, amen? See, when we come out of the fiery trial of our faith, without the smell of burning means the fulfillment of this word we read in 1 Peter uh, 1, verses 6 and 7, but here's verse 8, and it talked about that fiery trial of our faith. It says, although you have never seen Christ, you love him. You don't see him now, but you believe in him. You are extremely happy. Somebody shout happy. happy. That is not what happens to me when I go through the smoke. Isn't that right? It's not. I am not happy. <laughs> is anybody here this morning? It's not our natural. We're not happy when we come through it. And the enemy wants to remember, look what happened. Look what that person did to you. Look what this. Look at that. I mean, where was God in all of this? And we point fingers questioning. But he says, you are extremely happy with joy. Wow. And praise that can hardly be expressed in words. How come? Why? Because we didn't leave with the smoke. We laid it down. When we came through that, we forgave who needed to be forgiven. We forgave ourselves. Some of you need to forgive yourself. I'm going to say that again. Some of you, you need to forgive yourself. See, a spirit of pride says, I know too much. I should be further along spiritually. How many know none of us are? Amen? <laughs> Myself included. And when we are humble, we are able to forgive ourselves. I should be more spiritual. I should know that. I've been in the church 25 years or 18 years. I've been saved this long. God's grace and forgiveness is there for you, uh, the young and the rest of us, and for the young. Amen? It's there for every, we need it. We need his grace. Amen? The King James says that you greatly rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it says this, basically the pinnacle of this desperately dark time in their life, we can relate it to our own life, maybe it's, it was, you know, you're going through years of suffering, the testing of our faith is this, it's joy beyond speech full of glory. How many of you can say that where God's brought you through things, things that maybe harassed you or they were attacking you or they were addictions in your life, and now you can talk and say, thank you, God. God's brought me through. I, I may be not totally out of it, but I, I just give him praise. He delivered me of smoking. He delivered me of drinking. He delivered me of stealing. He, he delivered me of lying and cheating and what, whatever it is, fill in the blank, and God delivered, and there's a joy with that. Isn't that right? A joy. We need that. I need that. That joy that's overflowing. Hallelujah. He's, God is, God's purpose is not misery after the storm. It's not continual heaviness after the storm, but a joy that's super abundant. Amen? The Bible talks about that we should be... Here's the thing. Satan wants to rob us of our joy. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that means not just physically our bodies that he's after, but he's after our joy. He wants to steal and rob us of our joy. And all, all too often, he does. But I want you to see this, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, it says, We are troubled on every side. But here's what I highlighted. It says, Yet not distress. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. But most of us, at times, we read it like this. We are troubled. We are perplexed. We are persecuted. Come on, amen. We are persecuted. We are cast down. Oh, woe is us. That's not what Paul said. He leaves it on a note of victory. 
Amen? Victory. The Apostle Paul says in one translation, I might get knocked down, but you're not going to knock me out. Amen? And we all get knocked down. There's a difference between being knocked down and knocked out. And, and I've been knocked down many times, and so have you. But it's the most natural thing in the world when you fall is to get back up. But some of you, you have fallen like, who is the little character in the 80s? I've fallen, I can't get back up. Um, uh, what was his name? That uh, Steve Urkel. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm dating myself. And he would have a real, you can Google him later. You can get watch it. I've fallen and he just had this, this oh, cantankerous baby voice. I've fallen, I can't get back up. Some of you are in that state. And you don't trust the righteousness of God. You don't trust that the cross is enough. Because why? See, here's the thing. When we sin, there's always an atonement for sin. I mean, in the Old Testament, they sinned. They had to sacrifice a lamb. There was an atonement. And so they came once a year. They sacrificed. They sacrificed. That's done away with in Christ. But our consciousness, our mind is when we sin, we feel, watch this now, we need to atone for that. And what happens is if we don't go to the cross and we don't go to Jesus and say, Lord, I screwed up majorly. I ask that you wash me, cleanse me, forgive me, and I thank you for your grace. That is taken care of. I said that is done and away with. But if we don't accept that and we walk around with guilt and condemnation, then what happens is our whole physical body begins to react and say, Okay, you need judgment. I will bring judgment in your life somehow. And, the, and your body works against you to try to create a sin offering. That's why it talks about people get sick, they get diseases, not in all cases, not in all cases, but in some situations. You know, uh, a lot of the, how I many you know, there's a lot of diseases we bring on ourselves psychosomatic. Just we bring it on just because of our thinking. Amen. There's no physically around. Why are you going through this? There's something else. There's a root. You really have to not receive Christ's forgiveness. His cleansing power, and it's there. Truly. That's where the joy comes. Amen? That's where the joy comes. And so as I wind down to conclude here, I want to just talk to you about joy stolen. We need to be watchful. I said we need to be watchful as Christians today. Watchful that the enemy... That, that when we go through difficulties, we go through trials and these storms, that we, this smelling of the fire, that, <clears throat> that people don't go walk around and tell us, you know, like, you know what, poor so-and-so. Oh, look what they went through there. Oh, that difficult storm and everything that they faced. And, and, and you know, they've, they've, they're having a terrible time at work. They're having a terrible time with their son, their daughter, their wife, their husband, or whoever the issues it may be. See, <clears throat> what is that doing that's bringing attention to you and I? and not to the Lord. And that's what the devil wants. You know, as I conclude here, let me just say this. There's something precious about the anointing, the anointing in joy, and how the joy of the Lord is attached to the anointing. See, here's the thing. Wherever God is, watch this, is joy. Wherever, Jesus isn't crying in heaven. He's not broke up what's going on with America and the economy or with, you know, the new Supreme Court and all what's taking place. He's not, he's not, he's not nervous. There's joy. It's the presence with the anointing. And I thought about that. Acts 13, 52 says, the disciples, watch this, were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? Joy in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 21 says, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Where's our joy? Yeah, 
Where is it? I don't know, Pastor. Where's our joy gone? The enemy is out to steal. And see, the anointing, we're used to the anointing. It's like, that's power, that's authority. But watch this, watch this. The anointing is also attached with joy. It says, you have love, talking about the Lord, Christ. You have loved what is right and hated what is wrong. That is why God, your God, has anointed you rather than your companions with the oil of joy. I looked that up. It's like, this oil of joy, it actually means healing. It means sanctification. That means cleansing. What else? It means exaltation. How many of you know that God in due season doesn't mind to exalt you? Me? Oh, no, I just want to stay humble. And, you know, I, I, God does not mind to exalt you with his, with his joy. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. So we see a direct reference to Jesus here in this text. But because of the anointing, that gladness in that joy because of the anointing. I want to declare this before I conclude. Friends, that is our inheritance as spiritual kings and priests. Not that we should walk around gloomy, doom, you know, and all of this sadness and sorrow about life. Oh, you know, it's just it's hell out there. Yeah, I know. But we can have heaven still here on earth. Amen? Stand with me if you would, please. So, in conclusion... Let me just say this. I just had some questions because of the pressures and maybe adversity in your life. And some of you feel, I'm in the fiery furnace. I haven't gotten out of it. Been in it for decades. Are you in danger of losing your joy? And here's one. Are you as glad in the Lord now in your walk with the Lord as you were when you first began? Wow. And at times in my walk, I would say, no, I haven't. I remember when you are first saved. I remember that joy that overflowed. You felt that cleansing power. The enemy is out to steal our joy. He's out to steal our joy. Goes on, have we gone on with the Lord and lost the joy of the Lord? Sad to say, many of us at times, we have. We have. You know, it says in Revelation 2, uh, John writes about the church of Ephesus, and Jesus told them, he said, you're a great church. He said, you're really, Jesus said, you're a great church. You, you got discernment. Uh, you, you love ministry and good works. I mean, you're just, you're just a, a church that's full of good works. And you work hard too. You serve. You serve in guest services and sound and worship. And, and, and many of you, you give and, and, and you endure hardship. Yes, you know, through suffering and trial, you, you, you do a lot of good things. But he goes, this, just what Jesus says, he says, I have this one thing against you. You've abandoned the love you had at first toward me. Wow. Every head bowed, please. You've abandoned the love you had at first toward me. See, Paul knew this joy personally. That's why he could, in Acts 16, he could still sing when chained in a dark prison dungeon. Joy. So how do we get rid of the smoke from the storm? I know for me, I think there's, Numerous ways, and for each and every one of you, God has something that I believe he's going to speak to you now about, I'm asking him. But for me, this is a big one, because this is the thing about Italians. You know, I, I don't want to speak for all of them, but for me, we complain a lot. Italians complain. And that's not a good thing. Complaining can steal your joy. <laughs> I remember just my grandpa, he would just kind of, he would rub his nose, and every time my grandmother would 
uh, cook. She was always on edge, cooked the pasta because Sunday was pasta day. And, and, and all the brothers, the uncles would come out. There's eight of them. And there'd sometimes be 50 or 60. And grandma has got to be, you know, making the pasta. And she put a lamb bone in. She made that pasta the best you could ever. But it was never good enough for grandpa. What, what were you burning? What's going on? Too much lamb, too much. And she was always on edge complaining. And I remember one time as a kid, I'll never forget this. We have the Bart Bake. They had a, they had a sheeted screen with two, Grandpa built it, and you could kind of just flip it, and they would put all the chicken breasts on it. I know some of you are getting hungry right now. Sausage, whatever, and they could, it was perfect the way they did it. You could just turn it over open flame. It was high enough and up when it didn't burn it. It just cooked it just right. Oh, my uncle, God bless him, grown man at the time. He probably was in his 60s. I'm just a young kid. They turned the... <laughs> They turned the chicken, and the chicken slid down, you know, and someone went into the fire. He had a fit, you know. What's the matter with you? And they were like little kids complaining, complaining, walking around complaining. It's not good enough. God forgive me. God forgive us. Amen, church. See, complaining is certainly not a fruit of the Spirit. Actually, it literally means this. One who is discontent with his lot in life. It's akin to the word a grumbler. Maybe that speaks to you here up in Minnesota. Grumble. Here's the thing for believers complaining. And I'd be the first to get in line saying I've done it. It's destructive. It's debilitating personally. And it makes our witness a poor witness in the world. Here's the thing about complaining. It's not wrong to complain to God. It's wrong to complain about God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you forgive us, God. Forgive us, O oh Lord. We declare our dependence upon you that we need you more than ever. Lord, your outcome for the storms, the trials, the difficulties, the afflictions, the things we go through, the trouble, your outcome is good. You want to bring us through without even the smell of smoke on our life. And some of us here this morning, we've, it's lingering. We've got that smoke. And so I don't know what your situation is, but I do know this, that Jesus is here. And I believe if you take the step of faith, he will meet you at your point of need. He will meet you at your point of obedience. You say, what do you mean? Maybe it's an ex-wife and you... <laughs> Didn't have nothing to do with her for decades or whatever. I, I don't know. Letting her or that situation or uh, maybe it was a financial situation or and maybe it goes back to what I shared earlier. You got to forgive yourself. If you take that step of faith, Christ is here to, to blow that smoke off of you. I want to invite the altar workers to come forward and we're going to conclude here as we, we pray and, and uh, they're here for you. And I just want to, I want to challenge each and every one of us. And maybe you need to come down as a couple and you, you know, you don't have anything major, but you know, I just feel there's this smoke that we need to get off of us because we lived in such and such state and we came here and I don't know if I really have that cleared up and we just want to, we want that to end. These people are here for you. These are safe people. These are prayed up people. These are godly people. As we pray right now, uh, as we uh, conclude, I just want to invite you to come forward and receive ministry for whatever was spoken here this morning. 
Don't just, if you don't have to, don't take off out of here so quickly. Let Jesus heal you. Let him touch your life. Let him give you that oil of joy. The Bible says, talks about putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And some of you just might have to start tomorrow morning, even today, to say, you know what? I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise the Lord. Whenever this situation comes up, I just thank you and begin to worship God. And that's the only way you're going to get healing. And it's not going to happen the first time, but you got to do it repeatedly, repeatedly. I did that with situations with my dad for over months. I didn't even know I was doing it. I forgive my father. I forgive him. I release him. I'm driving in the car. My wife's looking at me like, what are you saying? Huh? I forgive him. I release him. It's like an onion peeling it away. I wanted that smoke off of my life. Amen, church? Heavy head bowed. You're here this morning. You don't know Jesus. Today is a great day. It's a great day. It's a day of salvation. It's a day of loosening, as Jesus said. It's a Sabbath day. It's a day of miracles. And a miracle of salvation is the greatest miracle. You're here, maybe listening online, on television, or you're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I don't know the Lord. I'm not, I'm not secure in my salvation, but I want to. Let me lead you in a prayer, a prayer of repentance, a prayer where you can accept Christ and start a new journey with him. If that's you, let's pray together. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I receive the joy of the Lord. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for this service. We thank you for your word going forth. I thank you for every person that got up and came here this morning. Lord, that you would meet them at their point of need in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week in the Lord. God bless you. for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.